Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche Cool Podcast. My name is Michael Bath. It's Tuesday. It's Owner's Stories Day. Up to number 41 in the Owner's Stories series. Uh, it keeps getting stronger and stronger. Um, and like I've said before, you guys keep reaching out to me and keep telling me that you really enjoy this series. Um, never did I think when I started this, I can't even remember the first one with Nick uh, and then Ajmal and then Auto Amateur with the first first three and the Nick from Classic Series. Uh, you know, it, it all started, I can't remember what month I started the owner stories, but I never thought it would be uh, episode 41. Um, I don't know why. I wasn't really 100% sure in the beginning whether it would take off, whether you guys would enjoy it. Um, I was wrong. You guys do enjoy it. Um, so thanks for all the support anyway, and thanks for listening to this uh, to this podcast. It's much appreciated. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and I know you have to be really, uh, you know, what's the word? You have to be really committed committed, I guess. You have to be committed to listen to a podcast when it's an hour long. So I do really appreciate, I see you guys listen to most of the episode. I can see from the stats that everyone's listening to the whole episode. So that's fantastic. Anyway, I'll stop talking. Um, I'm recording this on a Friday, actually. It's a very hot, sunny Friday here. Um, I'm only recording this one week before. Uh, it's Friday. This episode is live on Tuesday, which is this Tuesday, which you guys are listening to. So it's only a, a few days away. Um, it's hot in, hot in London. I'm doing this from the flat in London. Uh, it's not the best time of the day for me to do podcasts from this flat, uh, from our apartment here in London, as the sun is belting against my back and I am hot. Uh, but this is the only position where I can sit and I'm going to have to deal with it and uh, get through it. Anyway, let's talk about the owner that's coming on today. Mark's coming on. Uh, Mark reached out to me. Mark reached out to me a little while ago. I'll have a chat to him in a second and we'll find out exactly when. Um, I didn't forget about him and then he reminded me and then I thought, okay, let's, uh, let's talk about your story. Yeah. So I'd like to give you guys a bit of variety with these, um, Porsche cool owner stories. So I kind of do sort of mix them around a little bit. Sometimes I've recorded a couple in advance and then I'll just mix it around and, and make one come, come live on Apple and all the rest of them a little bit earlier, just to give you a bit of variety. Um, but let me stop talking cause I can see Mark has just come online. So let me get, uh, Mark through zoom and we're going to talk about his Porsche cooled owner story. Okay, welcome back everyone. Uh, welcome back to Owner Stories number 41. Today I have uh, Mark coming in and Mark's coming in from the US. Mark just told me he's coming in from North Carolina. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great, Michael. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're on. Thank you. Thank you for reaching out and uh, reminding me because I, I didn't actually forget about you. I had you down on my list <laughs> and then you sent me that, uh, that Instagram DM the other day telling me, you know, you still want to be on it. And I thought, well, this is a good opportunity because I always like to have with the owner stories, you know, like a good mixture of owners, different cars at different times. So we don't have all air cooled and we don't have all 996s or 997s. Um, oh, sure. And then this week, uh, uh, this week I didn't have, I, you know, I wanted to go back to a 997 or a 996, and then you reminded me, so you're on this week's episode, so that worked out really, really well. And I think uh, you've got a story that, you know, other, uh, all the other listeners are going to enjoy, because we all, we're all searching out for, you know, a lot of listeners are searching out for the first 911, whether it be a 996 or a 997, they're usually the first two that come to mind, <clears throat> so I think it's a good one. Excellent. So let's, let's start, let's start at the beginning, uh, and... With Porsche, you know, with me and with all the other owners that have been on, it always starts somewhere. Um, sometimes it doesn't start until you're, you know, 
over 40. <laughs> Sometimes it starts when you're before 40. Uh, it depends on circumstances. It depends on what's happened in your life. Was there a Porsche that you remember from your childhood that, that a neighbor owned or you used to see in where you lived when you were growing up? Um, did someone you know have a Porsche that you got to sit in? How did the, the Porsche thing all start for you? Did it start you know, a long time ago or did it start just recently? No, Michael, it started a long time ago. And there's actually two stories, one very short and one a little bit longer. The first one was around 1985, um, I'm, I'm 51, and so around 1985 I, or ish, when the movie, I don't remember the movie Risky Business came out, and there's that iconic line in that movie, if you know the movie, and I know it's a 928S in that movie, it's not a 911, but uh, there's that iconic line where he's, he's, uh, Tom Cruise is driving through the streets and and he eludes the uh, the guy in the Cadillac behind him, and, and he looks at the camera and he says, Porsche, there is no substitute, right? Yep. And I remember seeing that, and to me, the 928 looked like a spaceship back then. It was just so different than anything that I'd, I'd ever known. Um, we were pretty middle class. We, we certainly, we weren't wealthy, but we, we were... Um, you know, we were happy. And, but my dad was not, didn't have fancy cars. He had functional cars. So this was something like totally out of the ordinary. Then when I was, uh, about two years later, uh, I was going to my senior prom and my sister, uh, my sister's husband had, had a Mercedes 300 diesel. And I thought this was the coolest thing. He, he said, you could take it to the prom. Okay. So I'm like, man, this is incredible. So uh, me and my girlfriend at the time go, go to the prom. It's in a downtown hotel. And uh, we, we, you know, have a good time or whatever, come out in the, um, in the parking lot and the car won't start. And <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay, I'm terrified. And so there's this guy that comes in the, in the uh, parking deck that's next to us. And he's kind of a pretty much a redneck dude. Yeah. His name is actually Buddy. And he was a buddy of mine. Okay. And, he, and he's looking at the car. He's got a big muscle car next to us. And he's looking at the car and he goes, uh, I said, buddy, man, I need help. This is my brother-in-law's car. I can't start the car. Here we are in tuxedos and dresses. And, all. and uh, buddy looks at his total redneck and he goes, you know, I don't, I don't know much about these um, them German taps, but um, I think it'd be better if you put her in park. So I left <laughs> it in drive. Oh, really? So the, okay. <laughs> so where does the 911 come in? So I'm, So we're driving home. And another buddy of mine had taken his dad's white 911 turbo. Okay. And I'm and we're driving through the streets and it's, you know, it's nighttime and the streetlights are on. And I'm thinking I'm in this Mercedes 300 D and I'm going to take this car. Yeah. And we start racing. And obviously, you know what a Mercedes 300 D is like an 85. Um, it's not taking the car. <laughs> no, no, it's not taking the turbo. No, not, not even close. And the turbo takes off like a missile. And from then on, I, I was like, oh, my God, that's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. I got to have one of those. So, so that is where it started. So you're starting at the – so this is a – I'm guessing the turbo is an 80s turbo, right? It's the traditional 80s turbo whale tail? It was an 86 or an 87 with the whale tail, yes. So, you, you know, your first memories are too iconic. You know, the Mercedes-Benz is not a bad car. It's not a super fast car, but it's a nice shape. And, I mean, people are, sorting, are searching, you know, after them now. But, you know, the 928, sure. the 928, you're talking about top of the Porsche sort of range there as well. And then you're talking about right. the, um, and the turbo. So, you, you're getting attracted to the top of the lines there, Mark, straight away. <laughs> now, that's very dangerous. That's very, very dangerous. You're right. 
<laughs> yes, you're right. So did you get to, um, so what happens? So you, you see those cars, this is when you, you, know, you go to your prom. Um, when do you, do you, do you notice more Porsches after that? Or do you start, what happens? Well, how does your car journey start progressing then? Yeah. So, so from then on, I constantly was, was searching out. And as a lot of your owner stories have said, you know, back then there was no internet. So it was magazines. Uh, and, and, uh, and so I would, I would read a lot of magazines. I'd look at, uh, they did, I, I'm pretty sure the Rob report was out back then. Uh, but they had stuff like that, uh, that you could see them in. And I was just totally enamored. So I did something that I haven't heard on your owner stories yet either. And back in the early nineties, I started a Porsche account. So I basically went to the bank and I opened up a checking account and I think I put, I'm not kidding. I think I put $10 in. Okay. And for the last, since about 92 or three ish, I've had this account and I've put money in it gradually ever since then, um, up until like five months ago when wow. I, when I purchased mine. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes it was a hundred bucks. Sometimes it was, I would get a bonus, maybe a thousand, maybe whatever, but I just consistently did it. And my dad was really big into, into goals. And so I, I set this as a goal and I had it written down and I told people about it. He used to say, you know, if you don't tell people about it, it's not real. So I would tell people about it. So everybody pretty much in my family um, and everybody that's close to me knows about this. It's been a goal and a dream uh, for a long time. So I've been doing that for, for a very long time. Um, I did come. So how many years? How many years, Mike? Uh, I'm going to say it's been 27 years, 20, 20. So 93 to 2003 to now. Okay. Can I ask you a question? At any time, did you dip into that account and take some money out? Were you tempted to take some money out or you weren't tempted to get another car with that money or you just kept it purely for your Porsche fund? Well, so I never bought another, I would call it a super fun car. Um, and, and so I, I was not really tempted to take anything out. I'm pretty disciplined and I knew that was earmarked and it, and it kind of represented that dream that, Hey, one day, I'm going to be able to do this. And it wasn't just that I didn't have the money to do it. Cause I, fortunately I, I probably had the money for a little while now, but it was more along the lines of, um, it, life wasn't really ready yet. Um, but, uh, so no, I didn't really, didn't really, I actually, I did almost buy one in, I, I almost bought an 83 Cabriolet. Right. Uh, and this was in, this was in about 97 or 98. Uh, it was like $18,000. Yes. And I was in Atlanta. I was living in Atlanta. And I, uh, I, my boss at the time had had, uh, had a black, black on black turbo also. So that kind of cultivated even more. And he had a mechanic and he said, um, you know, if you ever see one, take it to this guy. So I'd found one and I, I took it to the guy to do, well, it wasn't a PPI back then, but the equivalent of a PPI, uh, you know, in the early 90s, mid 90s. Yep. Yep. And, and so uh, I, I took it to the guy and Unfortunately, there was there was some things that were wrong with it, needed fixing, needed looked at. And I just didn't have the money to do that. I just it wasn't in that place in my life where I needed it to be kind of reliable, more reliable than I could afford. So I'm driving at that the car. stage. Sorry, at that stage, you That's had okay. enough. You had enough money in your Porsche fund to pay for this car. I did not. So that oh, okay. car was about eighteen thousand bucks, and I think at the time, Michael, I had about sixty five hundred. Okay, just to give you an idea. All right. So ahead. I. Uh, so I'm driving the car. I'm kind of, I'm a little deflated and I'm driving the car back from the, from the mechanic and I'm on an on-ramp. Here's another kind of story, quick story. I'm on an on-ramp in Atlanta and there's a semi truck on the highway. And so I'm kind of slowing down 
to let him go and I'm going to get it behind him. And all of a sudden I think, Oh my God, I'm, I'm in a nine eleven. So I just, <laughs> I just downshift and take off. And, and that feeling with the top down and you hear the exhaust and the power that you've got. And it's just, I, I just have to have one of these. So that was it. You definitely had to get one. So that one, yes. that one you had to pass on due to the mechanical things that showed up in the, um, in the inspection or the PPI or whatever it was Correct. at the time. So then you're, are you still searching then? So this is going back a few years still. Are you still searching for a 911 or you, you stop looking for a while? How does it, how does it all go after that? Yeah, so, so I did stop looking for a while, uh, for, for a number of years. And, and life happened and all kinds of different things. I'd started a business and a lot, of, a lot of stuff that's not really interesting for this story. But it really started to come back about a year and a half or two years ago. I then had the money. Um, I was in that kind of 996, 997.2. Maybe I could have stretched a little bit farther, but that was kind of my budget uh, so I could pay cash. And I started looking and looking and looking, and I've, it was very hard to find. And I know, obviously, you know this. I didn't know it a year and a half ago. It was very hard to find anything that I was interested in. Okay. So this is, this is, um, when is this? 2020, is it? 2020, you start uh, looking? Uh, 2019. 2019. So 20, 2019, you start looking. <clears throat> so do you start looking on the usual sites in the U.S. for, for used Porsches, or do you, do you visit um, Porsche dealers in your area, or do you just go on forums and see what cars are for sale? How do you, what do you start looking at first? Where do you start searching? So I, I did start in the traditional methods. Uh, Auto Trader, for example, in the, in the U.S. Is, is one, and Cars.com, and some of those other car gurus and stuff like that. And I was doing a lot of alerts. Um, one of the things that made it more difficult for me to find the, the model that I wanted was I liked kind of off colors. I, I love speed yellow. Yep. And uh, so I wanted something that was not the conventional, whether it was the silver or the, or the red or white or black, N nothing wrong with them at all. I was just more drawn to the, I don't know if you want to call them the less common colors. Um, I'd had a yellow car, a yellow Honda CRX in college and just really loved that color. So okay. I, I was looking for, for, um, for yellow cabs, manuals, uh, and there, there's just not that many. So, when, <laughs> wait, many. yeah, no, there's not that many. They're very, they're very hard to come by. I mean, in places like Australia, they're almost impossible because everyone buys silver, black or white. Um, sure, sure. So when you... I think in Europe, they're probably easier to get colors. I think in Europe, they're a bit more open to colors. Um, so when you started looking, Mark, were you, had you already decided when you first started looking, okay, I want a 996 or I want a 997, I want a coupe, I want a cabriolet. Had you actually worked that out or it, it happened in the search process? When did you actually realize what you were looking for? Or was it based on the cars that came up? It was not based on the cars that came up. I, I had a very specific set of, of things that I wanted. And some things are flexible. It had to be a cabriolet. I always okay. wanted a cab. Um, it had to be manual. Uh, one, one part of the story too is one of my very best friends from high school, uh, his career ended up being a BMW Porsche Mercedes mechanic, and he has been for his whole life. So I would always run things by him and he would kind of tell me based on your models, the uh, mileage. And so had to be a cab, had to be a manual. Um, had to be in the mileage of under about at the most like 50,000 US miles. Okay. 
and 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 then kind of this the the more uh, the less common colors. So that was where that's where I started uh, looking, and that's where I used for my my alerts and and that kind of thing. So th- did nine nine sixes come up in the right in the search criteria that you were looking for? Yeah, not in the. The 996 did come up. The other search criteria was, was I was looking for somewhere between 2004 and 2012, which is that obviously that, that 996, 997 sort of territory. <clears throat> so closer um, to a 997 really though. I mean, unless you've yes. got, yeah. That's right. That's right. And my, and my friend had told me that, uh, had told me about the IMS bearing uh, issue and it told me that as you, as you kind of go up the 997.1s and certainly the point twos, you have less of that, that problem. Uh, than they did earlier. So, and I'm not a mechanic. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm okay mechanically. I'm not, uh, but I'm certainly no expert. So I just I just rely on what he tells me. Okay. So the nine nine seven point one. I mean, which is the model I have. I mean, obviously the IMS is an issue. After 06, it's got the larger bearing, so it's not as much of an issue. But were you? Mm-hmm. What, did it come to a point where you? It, it didn't really bother you then between the point one and the point two due to your friend's um, advice. Like the point two doesn't have the IMS bearing issues; it has other issues, I think, but not the IMS. Um, so you were okay with either? Uh, well, I, that now became part of the search uh, story. So what what happened? was I was okay with either to answer the question, but what happened was I started searching and I, um, I found there was a gentleman in New York. First I found that I was going to have to extend my search, basically the entire United States. And I learned pretty quickly that, that cars are shipped all over the place and which at the beginning I didn't know, but I know that's very common. So I started speaking with a guy in New York um, who had, there was a, a yellow uh, 2008 cab uh, that was absolutely beautiful, had about 30,000 miles on it. Uh, it had, a, the, had the graphite uh, mod done on it, looked great. Um, the interior had been completely restored. It was just awesome. It was exactly what I wanted. Right. And, <laughs> and I tried to make a deal on it, which is kind of silly, but I did. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> And so when I did that, it got sold out from under me. Oh, really? And I was really, I was, oh yeah, it was, it, was ter- it was totally my fault. It was like over something silly, like $2,000. But it's hard to I know mean, that in the beginning, you know, it is, it is difficult. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it, we know that yeah. now and you know that now that you can't, you know, if you find the one you want, you really have to just almost take it. You really can't do that much dealing, you know, because it will, someone will come underneath you and just take it away. So, so you found that yellow one. That was almost perfect, Mark. Um, yes. How long before the right one came up after that yellow one. Yeah. So, so what happened was I developed this relationship with this gentleman in New York Okay. and he started, he would send me and I'm still looking and he would send me some, some different options. We're texting and he'd send me some different options every couple of weeks. He found, well, first he found, he had a neighbor that, that lived near him that had a Carmola red, uh, uh, six speed, uh, uh cabriolet. And he said his neighbor wanted to upgrade to a black on black turbo. And he was going to take this car in. He was going to trade it in. And he asked me, he sent me pictures. He said, are you interested in this? I said, yeah, it's not really my favorite, but yeah, I'm kind of interested in that. Well, that deal fell through also. Okay. But that sort of introduced me to the Carmola red, which we'll get back to in a second. I've never heard of that color. You know, I'm, I'm not familiar. Is that a special order color? We can come on to that, but I've never heard of that color. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. And I had never seen the color either. 
and I had to look it up online, frankly. Yeah. Uh, I, there are, I've found there's, there's a handful of them here that you can pull up on various sites. So yeah, I don't know if it's a, if it's custom or not, frankly, but, uh, it's definitely a rare color, I, I which is what you wanted, it. isn't it? Yeah. Definitely yeah, a rare color. That's exactly right. Yeah. So now this guy calls me back and he says, Hey, I found a yellow one in California and we're going to have it shipped over here just for you. And, uh, and, and tell, I'm going to send you some pictures and whatnot. And it was in the price range. And at first he sends me pictures and it's just the exterior. He doesn't have any pictures of the interior. Okay. The exterior is perfect. And my wife is like, you need to jump on this one. You can't lose this one. <laughs> just get this one. So I basically tell him I'm going to buy the car. Well, then he sends me some pictures of the interior and the interior is a little, it's a little dated, it's a little faded, but what it had that I was not expecting and actually did not like was it had all the yellow accents, Uh, whether it was the dials, whether it was the the center console, the back of the seats, all the stuff. And it was like too much. Uh, That's just not my personality. I was like, man, that is like really loud. And my wife is said, that is that the reason why? Sorry, Mark, is that the reason why he didn't give you those images in the beginning? Because it was a little bit of an acquired taste, I think. Maybe that's why he he hesitated. Uh, no, I don't think no? so. I don't think he had them. I, okay. I think he had asked for them for the from the, the, the dealer in California and just hadn't gotten them. He was he was communicating with me consistently, so I, I don't believe that was the case. Michael. Okay. Uh, but when we got that, and, and he had told me. Even in that point, I didn't realize how readily available all these changes are. Now I know whether it's Pelican Parts or whether it's Suncoast or there's all kinds of different places to go that you can you can do all this. And but but he was being I mean, he was pretty truthful. He's like, you know, yeah, you could change all this stuff, but it's pretty expensive. And he said, we'll get the right car, which is. I'm I'm dragging out the story, and you'll understand why in a minute. Because there's a point that's pretty cool. So this gentleman's a dealer. He's a dealer, or he's just he's an independent type dealer. Is he of just cars in general or Porsches? No, really great question. He's an independent uh, performance car dealer. So okay. actually this type of car was on the lower end of their, they, they do Bentleys and they do Lamb- Lamborghinis and they do Ferraris. And, right. So this is more kind of run of the mill for them. So now we fast forward uh, about another week or two. And, he, and this is where the story gets really interesting. He tells me, he sends me a, a picture or no, he doesn't send me a picture, excuse me. He sends me, he says, look, I found another Carmola red um, cab and, and we're going to have it in a few weeks. Okay. I'm like, okay, cool. In the meantime, I have uh, found one on Autotrader in Houston, Texas, which is about 18 hours from us. Right. And, and it's Carmola red and gray. It's actually the car that I have. And uh, it's Carmola red and gray. And uh, it's, it's perfect. I mean, it's got 11,500 miles on it. It's been completely redone full. Uh, uh, it's, it's a CPO. Um, um, but, but being picky, I didn't love the gray interior. Right. And my wife is going crazy. She's like, oh, man, that is beautiful. She goes, I know you don't like the gray, but it's beautiful. So I'm talking to the guy in Houston. And, and I said, man, this, this is a great car. He sends me all the, the stuff they've done and, and everything. And new tires, uh, new clutch. new uh, They just did everything. Okay. Uh, so, so he sends me the stuff and I, I'm like, man, I say, you know what? I'm going to just keep looking for a yellow one. I, I, I'm going to pass on this. So I, I call the guy to tell him I'm going to pass. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, so my wife, about, about day goes by, my wife goes, you know what? You should look at that car again. I, I think you're making a mistake. So I call the guy back and I say, look, I tell you what, 
I'm going to um, tell me if I pay cash for this, like what, what will you do for, for me just out the door, blah, blah, blah. In the meantime, the guy from New York is also texting me saying, look, I've got this car and I'm going to have it in a week. And, uh, and, and I say, okay, well, can you send me pictures? And so I don't have pictures yet, but it's a Carmola red gray interior, six speed uh, okay. cab 4S with right. 11,500 miles on it. So it's the same car? <laughs> it's the same car. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be so kidding So what did me. you do? What did you do then then? <laughs> Well, so I'm asking my wife, I'm like, do I owe this? Oh, so the guy from Houston gets back to me and he gives me a great deal on it. He okay. like, he cuts like $3,000 off the price. I'm like, uh, I'm buying it. So I tell him, okay, we got a deal. So I send him a deposit. In the meantime, the guy from New York says, oh yeah, that's the same car. We've already bought it. I don't know why they still have it advertised. It's being shipped up here this week. Right. So I'm asking my wife, like, what do I do? Do I need to tell the guy in Houston that I know that he sold it to somebody else? Or like, do I need to say anything? And she said, no, I don't think so. Just you send him the deposit and we'll just see what happens. Yeah. They FedEx me the paperwork and I sign everything. And I call the guy, say, well, I need to, you know, get a, get a plane ride down there to pick it up. And the great, come on. And so, so it wasn't sold. I guess not. <laughs> I don't know what happened. So did you speak to the, I have the- it. Did you speak to the guy in New York again? Did he? Did you speak to him after that? After that fact, or you didn't speak to him anymore? He, I actually texted me while I was driving the car home, and he asked me if I'd found the car. His exact quote was, "Have you found the car of your dreams yet?" And and I, I texted him back and said, "Yes, I have. Thanks for everything. I really appreciate all right, you." So did. you got the car. So okay, let's <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back. That's a great yeah, one. Let's go sure. back, Mark. So then you you know you're buying this car from. You buying this uh, car? Porsche of North Houston. Porsche of North Houston. You're not in Houston. Yeah. Um, no. You say you left. You, you gave them a deposit. It is at a Porsche dealer yeah. though. So and you yes. said it has a CPO, right? So you're covered by that warranty. Yeah. And that's a how many year warranty is that? Two years or twelve months? Is two. Two oh, year two warranty. Years. So was that enough? And I always ask this question: Was that enough confidence for you to buy it sight unseen and to buy it without a, any, any PPI or any inspections beforehand, or do you still get an inspection done? Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was okay, and it was enough for me to buy it um, sight unseen. Now, full disclosure, he, he sent me all kinds of information, uh, probably 60 pictures, I mean, of every little part of it, okay. uh, underneath, all kinds of stuff. So I, I did have some pretty good confidence in it. All right. So very thorough reporting, very thorough, uh, you know, information coming through. So yes. you get it from Porsche Houston. Um, so you you fly out there to pick the car up. You said you're going to fly out there and pick it up yourself. I do. So one of the kind of the one of the romantic parts of the story and saving up for so many years and all this was I kind of wanted to buy it somewhere far away from me and drive it back. Yep. Um, my wife is super supportive, but my wife is not into driving really fast or, or driving uh, spirited roads. She just doesn't like that. Oh, right. she, so she wasn't going to go with me. Okay. So I, I ended up end, end up going by myself uh, and flew down to Houston. One, it was a Thursday morning and, uh, and got there. And the, the gentleman picked me up in a 2021 McCann, which was awesome, uh, and, and drove me to the dealership. And the dealership was incredible. Uh, just, just really great experience. Uh, and, and, you know, drove it off the showroom floor and, uh, right. and started my trek back. 
So tell the listeners, tell the listeners exactly, I mean, you've mentioned the color and you mentioned the interior. Yes. Tell, the, tell the listeners exactly what you bought, um, the, the options that came with the car, um, and what was that feeling like when you first walked into the showroom and you saw it for the first time? So I bought a, a 2008 uh, 997.1 uh, Carmola Red with gray interior. It's a six-speed manual. It's a 4S, excuse me. Um, and it is actually loaded, loaded with options. Um, it, it had the support exhaust. It had the uh, Porsche logo on the crest. It also had the Porsche logo on the center console. Uh, the gentleman that owned it before me had put in a top of the line Pioneers, 1200 uh, bucks, stereo with the backup camera in it. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it, uh, it was, it was really well optioned, uh, uh, and and the feeling when I walked in was uh, maybe just a hair short of the first time I saw my wife. It was, <laughs> Be careful, it was, Mark. Be it careful. Was pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at your Instagram now, and I'm just gonna. Um, you don't mind me sharing your Instagram to the to the listeners? No, no, no. Okay, so no. if you go to if you go to Mark's Instagram, if you're listening to this now and you want to go and see what Mark's car looks like, if you go to his Instagram, it's at nine eleven underscore cab underscore dreams that's at 911 underscore cab underscore dreams one thing which is always great in the cabriolet and even in the, in the hardtop as well but is the 4s body and the width of that body but something to do with the cabriolet version of it mark always looks you know so fantastic i think in the 997 um the wide body so the wheels look like they're a turbo type wheel are they are they an option wheel as well on your car I think they are an option wheel. And, and, you know, as I've been listening to you and, and learn more about lobster claws and, and just a different style of wheels, I've, I've paid more attention to them. I, I can't tell you for an absolute fact that that's the case, Michael, but I believe it is. And what is the color of the, of the cabriolet top? Is that, is it gray? It's, it's, it is gray. Yes, okay. it is. So that's a little bit unusual too, which is what you like, right? You like something that's always a little that's right. bit... Yeah, so it's a good. Like I said, I've never. That color looks like it looks like the um, it looks like the nine nine three color. That red, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, it looks like an air cooled color. I've never seen that color in a nine nine seven. I don't think. I don't think I've ever seen that color before. It must be really and I had super neither. rare. Yeah, super. Yeah, rare. I had neither. All right, so you get you're at the dealer. You're at Houston. It's a great experience. They sound like a really really good dealer. <clears throat> the guys looked after you from the beginning. He sent you all those photos. Um, you get to the dealer, you know, the car is just how you expected. So now you've got the drive yes. back and I don't know how long the drive is, but you've got the drive back from Houston to, to home to North Carolina. How is that feeling when you, you know, you, you've got the memories of that Porsche account that you set up, you know, 24, 25 years ago, whatever it was. And here you are in your first 911. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, more than I could even imagine. Uh, I remember I actually made a, a, a driving playlist that was like 17 hours long. Uh, I drove uh, uh, six and a half hours the first day to uh, to Mississippi to a, a casino. I actually stayed in a casino. Right. But um, with the top down and just, uh, just again, the, the power and the exhaust, and uh, it, it was everything I dreamed it would be. Uh, the, the funny thing, well, two, two interesting things there. Number one, I didn't realize that, because um, it has Apple CarPlay because of the newness of the stereo. It's obviously not stock. And yes. uh, I didn't realize that you could actually talk with the top down and it would be okay as long as you had the windows up. So for the entire first day when I'd be getting phone calls, I'd be pulling off an off-ramp 
right. putting the top back up, <laughs> driving, making the phone call, then pulling off an off ramp again, putting the top back down. <laughs> okay. Now you know. It was, yeah. It was yeah. pretty comical. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty comical. So this this um, this nine nine seven though this nine nine seven is a two thousand and eight, and you said it only has. It only had fourteen thousand miles. That, so was it a one? It was definitely a one owner car. Then it was a, 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 a owner that was familiar with that with Porsche Houston that they knew. Was it a sold from them originally, or was it sold somewhere else? No. So this is it was eleven thousand five hundred miles, not even oh. fourteen. Oh, okay. So so extremely low miles, and it was sold. The interesting thing is it was sold in Atlanta, and it actually the, it had two owners. The first owner was in South Carolina, which is right next to me. Yes. And the folks in Houston bought it at an auction, uh, as it turned out. And so the two owners, one was in Atlanta, one was in South Carolina. And so I know you're in, you're in, uh, in, in England, so you might not know, but Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina are right in, right in the line. So that's where it lived its whole life. And then it just got shipped to Houston, and I just happened to find it there. Wow, that's a great find. That's a great find. Yeah. So this was, so you picked it up in 20, late 2019, correct? Yes. No, 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 no. I picked it up. Uh, this past, uh, what are we? Uh, like 2020, you bought it. February. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, February. So you picked it up in February. 20, yeah, yeah. 2021. Oh, 2021. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I, I missed that. Sorry. You were, so you've been looking from 2019. Then you found it in 2021. All right. So you drive home. Lived for a very long time. Yeah. Well, that's good though, because you know you've got the one that you wanted. You know what I mean? Sometimes it does take a long time. I mean, I always say to people who find Porsche straight away, sometimes it does take a long time. I always take a long time. Um, it so does. You, so you, you're driving this car. So the drive back, I guessing the drive back to uh, back to home was pretty amazing then. Um, there's some, there's, there's obviously some good roads on the way back home. Um, oh, it wasn't. And I, act, I actually got to surprise my son. I have, I have twins that live in Atlanta. Uh, they just graduated high school. And uh, I was, so I stopped there on the second day and I was, I was at a, a hotel. We're going to spend the weekend with him. And, and my son drives up and, uh, and I'm looking out the hotel window at him as he's driving around and, and he, he's calling me. He's like, dad, where's your truck? And I said, Oh, you know, I got a nail in the tire and, and I need you to drive me back. And, and he parks right next to the car. <laughs> so he comes up into my hotel room and he's like, uh, okay, you know, we're, we're looking at, we're actually looking out the window and, and I'm not saying anything. And he's looking at the car and, so we walk downstairs and we're walking to the car and my son says, yeah, you know, it's been so nice here lately. I've had, I've had the windows down. I haven't been running the air conditioning. And, you know, it's been nice to have the, the, the wind like <laughs> coming to the car. And I said, yeah, you know, funny, you should bring that up. And I'm, we're wa- I'm walking to the Porsche, of course, and his truck sitting next to it. And he, he's walking over with me like we're going to look at it. And, uh, and I say, you want to take a ride in my car? And he <laughs> loses his mind. Really? So yeah, it was incredible. So you, you didn't tell him at all. That's a great one. That's a that's no, a great didn't story. tell him at all. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. So yeah. um, so you, see, you you mentioned to me you've had this car. So you've had this car since the beginning of the year, and you mentioned that you've already put yes. in you've put on a few thousand miles already. So you've been really enjoying yes. it um, since you since you picked it up. Has there any? Have there been? Before we get into the driving side of it, but have there been any surprises that have happened to the car? Is anything? Um, gone wrong? Is there anything you needed to to fix? How has it been uh, in that sense, in the reliability sense? So I just listened to the your owner's um, stories with Stuart, and it about gave me a heart attack. Uh, 
and for those that have not listened to it, if you want to hear someone that's got extreme patience, listen to that one. He does. <laughs> he, d- he does. Actually, he does. Right? Um, no, there was no surprises. Everything has been perfect, except um, I broke the uh, cup holder. I, I, you have a 997, so you know how the cup holder is. And the one that's farthest away that would be for the passenger, I was throwing a water bottle in it, just kind of kind of threw it in it, and the bottom snapped. And, uh, and I thought, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. I've had this car like a month, and I've already broke something. Um, but I, I actually went on uh, – I, I think I bought it on Suncoast or, or maybe it was on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, very easy repair. I mean, super easy. Yeah, when I when I first looked at my car, I actually um, and this is when it was in the dealer actually in Sydney, and I went to open the um, frunk, but the frunk was already open, so I literally pulled up on the frunk button and I actually broke it. Um, mm. So, you know, event when I picked up the car, it was still broken. I mean, obviously, I did it, <laughs> you know, so I had to replace that. But right. those sort of things, you know, you think they're going to be a big deal and. Yeah, there are, I think that was about 100 US dollars or something. I mean, it wasn't super cheap and it was from Suncoast as well, but that was the cheapest place even in Australia to buy it from the US and get it sent. But little things like that, it makes the car your own, you know, you fix things. What about other things though? Are you, are you, we always like, you know, a lot of people that own 911s like to tinker with them. They like to add things to them. Is there anything you have been thinking about adding to your 911 or is it perfect just the way it is? It's pretty close. Uh, I've, I've again listening to your podcast, things like the short shifter. Uh, I, now that I do know about whether it's the Suncoast or Pelican Parts or Rentalist or just seeing what other people do, uh, I did also from your podcast. I'll tell you one thing I did do was the uh, the front mats. One of the gentlemen was talking about uh, the Lloyd mats. Oh yes, and, yeah, they're great mats. Yeah, fantastic. Oh my gosh. They're incredible. Yeah. So I did get two uh, for the front. Um, yeah, those those have been great. But for the most part, it's uh, it's pretty much the way I like it. Oh, that's good. Does your car does the does the nine nine seven have a sports exhaust? Your car or has it got the standard exhaust? It does. Has no, it does exhaust. have a sport exhaust. All oh, right. So fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I bet that sounds great when the top's down. The sports exhaust. I bet that's even better in the in the cabriolet <laughs> experience. It is. It's incredible. And it's switchable, right? The 997s are switchable on or off, isn't it? That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, what else? What else? So no issues. Everything's fine. So in, where you live in North Carolina, you've been, have you had to get a, you probably haven't had to have a service yet. You don't, how do you do that if your warranty's with Houston? You can take it to any Porsche network in the US or how does that work? Yeah. In fact, they went over that with me when I was there and I was incredibly uh, surprised. I did not know that, but you're absolutely correct. In the U.S., any CPO can be serviced by by any uh, authorized Porsche dealer in the United States. So uh, we have two here uh, near where I live. Um, And no, I have not had to have it serviced yet, although I'm coming up on my first oil change pretty, pretty soon. So what was the last service that the car had? Was it, you know, was, was annual, minor, major? So what was the last service that the car had? Had it had a major service before you purchased it? <clears throat> it, it did. So, so what was interesting is part of the gentleman in New York purchasing the car, or, or I guess trying to purchase the car in Houston, was he had the entire uh, major service done. Like I said, they, they replaced the clutch assembly. The, uh, it's brand new. Uh, brakes, um, uh, essentially the, the, 
the most recent, the, the, the first major service was done and they sent me um, a sheet on all this stuff. The gentleman from the, the gentleman from Houston sent it to me. And it actually showed that it was, uh, I believe it was, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was like $9,000 worth of stuff. It was a lot. Wow. And the gentleman in New York was telling me the stuff that they had requested to have done. They put brand new P0s, Pirelli P0s on it. Well, the guy in New York is reading me the sheet that I'm holding in my hand. He's reading off the same exact stuff. And he's telling me, yeah, I had $13,000 worth of stuff done. And I've got the thing in my hand showing that it's 9000 <laughs> so wow. thinking, well, you know, he's, he's trying to mark it up a little bit. I have, that's all right. I have no problem with that. But yeah, so it was all, everything was, was touched up and, and ready to go. Well, that's great. So you got a great, you got a great example. So when you, um, <clears throat> your Porsche fund, is that now being closed or is that still open for the next one that, that may come along? I don't know if this is <laughs> embarrassing or funny, but it has, Michael, it, I'm not kidding. It has one cent in it. Really? So you cleared it out. So you had enough for this one, though. Those years of savings paid off. You had enough. I mean, that's a great story. You know, look, to have that goal so long ago and to keep it up, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's pretty impressive, Mark. You know what I mean? And now you've got that 911. And like you said, you know, maybe you could have bought it before then, but you you know you've done it from those savings and you and you plan for it. And now you've got the one that you want. Um, You've got it in that rare color, which it is a really rare color. and it looks fantastic. You know what I mean? It really does. And the 4S is, you know, a, 4S, a 4S convertible is always special because a 4S in general because of those wide haunches of, of that, that Carrera. Um, and I've said it before, when you look out the windows and you see, that, you see those rear arches on a 4S, it's, it's a pretty nice sight. Um, it looks a lot, lot wider when I'm looking than mine, that's for sure. I know it's a huge difference to a base Carrera. You know, it's, it's actually the funny thing about that too is it reminds me of the old 930 turbos in the 80s like the first car I saw. I don't know that it's the same dimension, but I do know the 930s were way wider in the back than, than, uh, than the, 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 the normal 911 at that time. So it does remind me of that. It is pretty cool looking. Yeah, and the 997, think- and the 997 has a really good line from the back of the car, from the back of the engine bay into the, into the soft top, you know what I mean? Like the line that Porsche did. And, all, and obviously, you know, over the generations, like the 991 and the 992, they just get it, they slightly get it, finesse it just that little bit better um but yeah. the 997 really is where it all started where the lines just start to look really 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 good on that on the cabriolet that's for sure i agree um so tell me you know we're not at the end yet but just tell me that the, you mentioned something about you went on a on a on did some great you've done some great drives already because you've done two thousand miles in the car so have they been long, yeah. long journeys or they've been just local drives? Where have you put all these miles on, on your 911? So the drive back from Houston is, is pretty long. Uh, it's somewhere like 800 miles or 850 miles. It's, it's also just straight. So I got to go, you know, fairly, fairly fast. And, but, but there's not a whole lot of turns, right? You're just on the highway. We, where we live uh, north of Charlotte, we're about two hours from the mountains and there. There's a number of drives. My wife and I have gone up to a couple of uh, waterfalls. Uh, again, she doesn't love going uh, twisty and spirited, so I have to go a little slower than I would like. But, uh, but there's a bunch of, of, uh, of drives around here. Uh, the one that I was telling you pre, pre us recording, and I know Connor uh, had mentioned it in his story. Yep. Um, we, my son and I, uh, my, my, my other twin, uh, we went to his orientation for college uh, in Georgia this past weekend, 
And we uh, set aside a day to go back up and do the Tale of the Dragon and then the uh, Cherahala Falls, uh, Cherahala Skyway, excuse me, uh, which is insane. Uh, insane. I don't, are you familiar with the Tale of the Dragon? Do you know what I'm talking Tale about? Tale of Dragon, I do. Yep. Tale of Dragon, I do. Okay. The other one, the Falls, I'm not sure about that. Tale of Dragon, I've, I've looked up, I, I have looked it up because people have been saying they've been doing it. I mean, James at Amateur did it all those years ago or last year and other people who I watch on YouTube. Um, so, uh, so around your area though, you have some great drives. So if someone's bringing, if someone's yes. v- visiting North Carolina or, or surrounding states, there's some great drives there. That's, that's the ones you recommend. What would you recommend for someone just coming to, to North Carolina and, and wanting to enjoy the roads in the, in the local region? Yeah. So, uh, you do have to go about an hour, hour and a half, which isn't bad. You know, so you can do a Sunday drive, of course, but the one, the other one that, that people will talk about is the Blue Ridge Parkway, which I've, I have not been on in this car but I've uh, certainly been on many times. And um, uh, so, so that's a, that's a super popular one, but the, the dragon's about three hours from here. And, and that, and uh, what's nice about the Cherahala falls or Cherahala skyway, excuse me, which is right after you finish the dragon, you just kind of keep going. Uh, it's longer. The turns aren't as sharp, but they're much longer. So it's a different type of drive. It's not quite as abrupt, but you can take them faster. And oh my God, it's incredible. It's incredible. Sounds great. Highly recommended. (laughs) So are you doing that thing, you know, when we all first get our first 9-11, and I know know I did this and I'm still doing it. Do you wake up some mornings really early and you think I'm just going to get in the car and go for a drive? Has that happened? Many times. (laughs) Yes, many times. So I'm, I'm also uh, on a, I own a couple of businesses, but on the side, I, I coach high school soccer. Okay. And we, um, uh, we, we practice early in the morning right now. It's off season right now, but we have early morning practices and it's, it's about 25 miles from my house. So I will, uh, I will jump in and put the top down and drive and see the sun sunrise. It's pretty awesome. Is that why I didn't ask you that way back when we first started talking about it, actually, because you said you definitely wanted a cabriolet. What, was there yes. something in what was the reason why you definitely wanted a cab? You just like the open air experience or it's the weather where you live? Was there a reason why you didn't want the, um, the hard top, the coupe? Uh, you know, I, I, I've all, I guess I've just always been fascinated with the open air driving. Uh, again, there's something just sort of, I don't know, you call it romanticized about it, or it's just, it, it almost feels like at, at, for such a long time, owning a 911 was not possible. And for kind of the same period of time, I mean, sure, there's a lot of less expensive cars that are cabriolets, but um, just driving in with with the top down was not possible. You know, I always had just trucks and regular cars, functional cars. And so it, I think it just sort of went with the kind of the fantasy of of the 911 in general. Yeah, so you wanted a true you want a true sports car. You want the open air experience. You want the sports car experience. Um, yes, and the Cabriolet provides that. You know, provides now we that, had that also. Hmm, sorry, I'll tell you, we had also uh, back in 2019. A couple of us, uh, a, a vendor of ours, had taken us out to wine country, and I don't know if you guys have Turo. In yes, England, oh no, we don't. You? No, we oh. don't. But I know what it is. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Okay, so. So a buddy of mine and I rented or rented uh, did, did the Turo thing um, with some 718 Boxsters, and okay. we went up in the in the mountains in wine country, and we just 
tore it up. It was just, it was great. And I had never done that. I'd, I'd driven 911s before, obviously they're talking about a Boxster, but I'd driven 911s before, but not in kind of that, that sort of environment. And so when we had the Boxsters up there, that just, again, it sort of instilled, hey, this is what I want. But having it with the top down was, again, uh, enforcing, reinforcing that. God, that feeling was incredible. It's just, you're just whipping around in the mountains and you can see, you know, there's, it's panoramic. It's just, it's a really cool experience. Yeah, it is, it is. Hey, um, so... It- in North Carolina, is there? Are you have you joined the Porsche Club? Are you part of the Porsche community there? Is there a, is there a club that you've joined? Is there local drives and cars and coffees, or you haven't really got into that side of it yet? I have joined uh, the the Porsche Club of America, and we do have one right in my city. They are just ramping back up uh, from from the whole COVID thing, so they have not in the in the past few months, and, and they don't have anything listed as far as immediate but i have heard it's um there's like three thousand members so it's, it's pretty big uh so I, I anticipate they do have cars and coffee uh they do have drives they just don't have any they haven't had any yet so oh, I'm, right. I'm planning on doing that yes that's another great part of the ownership experience though which you which you'll find out very quickly once you go to those the whole community um and even the community that listens to this podcast, you know, once you, you own a story, you'll go up and, and I'm sure you'll get a lot of the other guys contacting you and chatting to you because it's, it's just, you know, it's just that passion that we all share. And, and those sort of drives and those sort of club things are always, they're always really good and they're really good with Porsche. They really do work really well and um, the people are all fantastic. So the 911, the 997.1, 08 Cabriolet, um, it's, it's new to you. So there's not going to be, you're not like you're looking at any other cars. There's not like anything is going to come. You're happy with this. Um, and then you've got summer, you know, you're in July, so you're in summer. So there must be, you must be waiting, you know, and looking forward to the next two months of driving in this warm weather, even into September, right? It's quite a nice to drive a Cabriolet in, uh, in, in the fall. Yeah, where we are, we'll go all the way through Thanksgiving, probably even into December. Um, it doesn't really get cold till near the end, very, very end of the year. Uh, one of the things, actually, I just, I just confirmed today, and again, I, I know Connor mentioned this, we have a, um, a Porsche Experience Center in Atlanta. And so I've, I've scheduled, um, I, I've, I've, I went on their site and I saw where you could drive you know, cars like yours and they'll have a professional driver and they teach you how to drive because I did realize as I was driving up um, in, uh, in the mountains that the car is better than me and I need to, I, I certainly can improve. So I had asked them, I thought that you could bring your own car and they don't advertise that. And so I emailed them and they said, no, no, we still do that. It's the, the first Sunday of, of the month at four o'clock. You can, you can bring your own car and they'll do 45 minutes in your car and then 45 minutes in the most in the closest, so like a like a 2021 uh, 4S, you know, oh, that's there. Great. So, uh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. <clears throat> yeah, the Porsche Experience Center in Atlanta that looks like a fantastic place to go to. I mean, I've watched things online from them, and I think they every night before the COVID thing they had like a YouTube channel where they were showing things there. And but that's that's a great thing to do. So you'll get to they'll they'll, they'll help you with how to handle the car properly and the bit and give you some tips. Is that what they do? And then you drive it on their track. Um, but getting to drive a newer one is going to be pretty exciting, Mark, to compare the two. <laughs> I don't know if it's exciting yeah. or it's dangerous, one of the two. I think it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that. I, again, I, I, the car is definitely better than me. I mean, I could, I'm, I guess I'm a decent enough driver that I could tell that. Uh, but I was just not 
confident enough. And then to, so to be able to go on the skid pad there and the, and the track and have someone show me. Um, and, and then, like you said, to drive essentially a brand new one yeah. and see what the difference there is. I, I'm, I'm, I am a little scared. So who are you taking with you that day? Are you going with a friend or are you taking your wife or your son? Who, who are you going to the uh, experience center with? Yeah. So I, actually my wife, I'm sure my wife will go down for the weekend and she'll shop and do other stuff. Uh, they, they have, they seem to have a very nice, uh, restaurant and, uh, a place to hang out. She definitely won't be in the car at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to do something like that. I mean, I, you know, they, there, it'd be a great thing to do. It's funny when you first get a nine 11 though, just before we go, it's funny when you first get a nine 11, you do get a bit worried at first that you're not going to be able to drive it properly. I mean, I had that feeling where it's like, you feel a little bit scared, you're a bit hesitant. You know, I think at the time I asked Steve for a couple of pointers and he gave me a couple of pointers and. But once you get in the car and you realize how capable the car is um, and getting used to the weight balance of the, the engine in the rear, you know what I mean? And getting used to the power as oh, well. Yeah. Um, once you get used to that, it's quite a, it does give you confidence in 911, I think. It does give you quite a bit of confidence because it is quite sticky. You know what I mean? It does hold really well. It handles really well. Um, you know, obviously yours is a lot more powerful than mine because it's a 4S. But even in the Carrera form, I think, you know, you've got enough power. So I know yours is a lot more powerful. Um, but it definitely is a it definitely is a, a a completely different experience, isn't it, to every other car you've owned? It, there's nothing that compares, and I'm glad to hear that you say that that you were you were uncomfortable too, yeah. because I, you know, it, it is, yeah, you you just kind of naturally assume that any average run of the mill car that you've had your whole life, there's no way you can take turns like this. The, the speed, the the angle, the just all of it, and. I mean, you talk about gripping, it's just, um, most of your listeners have not 11, so they know what I'm talking about. But if somebody's listening and doesn't have one, you really need to experience it. If you, if you feel like this is something that you want, man, it is great. Yeah. And it's the cornering, isn't it? Exactly that. It's the cornering. Yes. It's when you look at your speedo and you see, of course, we're all in the speed limit, but you look at your, your speedometer and you see whatever mileage you're doing or kilometers and you think, how can I take that corner at that speed? I know that's what yes, I think. Yes. I think, how can I be doing... Because I've been on this road before in another car and I know what speed I was going around the corner in that car before and it was only just holding on and how can I be doing it that fast in a 911? And that makes you realize how... You know, it makes you realize all the history and, and everything that's come together to make the 911 so great. I think that's what it is. You know what I mean? It's all that engineering over all the years, all the fine-tuning and everything that's that's gone into the um, into the model. So, Michael, let me, let me just say real quickly... The, there's uh, we have family that lives in the mountains, and when you drive from from Charlotte to Asheville, where, like Biltmore House and that sort of thing, there's a there's just a part of the highway that's real curvy, uh, and I've driven it for my whole life. And there's you know it has truck ramps, the, the speed ramps if they're going too fast, so they can you know get off, um, and everybody's braking. And I'm just used to it. When you're going down the, that road in a regular car, you just have to brake. Well, I've now done this three times in the nine or the, i'm sorry twice in the 911 yeah and it's like the road is straight it, yeah it's no, there's no turn it's <laughs> you a, never break yeah. you don't have to break yeah it's a weird experience isn't it it is a weird experience when you start <laughs> to realize what it's capable of yeah yeah it's it's really cool really yeah. cool that's great mark um we're almost at the end um is there anything sure. you anything you'd like to share with the listeners before we go we've covered the drives we've covered the roads that you that you said were great so that's fantastic we covered that before Anything else you'd like to tell the listeners before we leave? 
Well, uh, you know, first I want to thank you for, for um, giving me the opportunity to come on with you. I've, I've absorbed a lot of your content now for the last couple of months and, <laughs> and it's been great. My sons listen to it all the time. They're super excited about this. Um, you guys do a, a great service of, of just kind of bringing the community together. Uh, anybody out there that, that thinks that this is, you know, beyond your reach, but it's a dream that you have, I would, I would highly encourage you to, to, to just stay with it. And sometimes it takes longer, but it is definitely worth it. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that would be it. Thank Just thanks for having me on. No, that's great. No, thank, thanks, Mark. That's really some kind words. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, but you're right. You know what I mean? I think that's what great, you know, I, I'm going to say it and I'm not don't meaning to embarrass you, but that's what's great about your story that you have this dream and, you know, it takes a long time to get there, but when you get there, you know, it's worth it. You know what I mean? And now you've got the car yeah. that you're really enjoying. You've got your first 911 um, and, you know, you did it. You know, basically you did it. You got there. And that's like, there's a lot, and I know there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast who haven't got their first 911 yet and are, and are trying to get there. And sometimes it feels almost impossible, but, it, you know, you just keep, Keep trying and, and buy the one you can afford when you have the money and I think everything will work out. It usually does. Mark, I agree. Great, great to have you on. Thank you so much. It's a Friday, Friday afternoon for you. It's a Friday evening for me here in London. Um, but thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for reminding me that, that you were still around because I, I, I needed that little nudge and it was great to talk <laughs> to you today. <laughs> well, my pleasure. And again, thank you so much for having me. All right. Thank you, Mark. All right, everyone, that was uh, Mark coming in from North Carolina with his 997.1 Carrera 4S, very important, 4S Cabriolet, um, a really special car, special color, and a great story. All right, that's about it for today. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.